Reality TV is not a joke. You're on like display for the entire world to see who you are, what you're doing, who your family is, who your friends are. It's all out there. Yeah. And then comes the criticism and the comments and the, you know, you're opening this Pandora's box and, and you're giving people the right to, to, to say whatever they feel about you. That is not an easy decision. Hi, this is Yumindi Francis, and this is What's Next Podcast with me, your host, Yumindi Francis. Jessel Tank is a fashion publicist, wife, a new mom to twin boys who keep her very busy. She's also a new cast member of the reboot of Bravo's The Real Housewives of New York. In the reboot's first season, Jessel was definitely a breakout star sharing intimate details of her life and journey that truly resonated with the audience. Jessel was raised in London in a tight-knit traditional Indian household. She aspired to chase the American dream, and that passion ultimately landed her in the Big Apple. What's next podcast? Please welcome my friend, the phenomenal Jessel Tang. Oh, what an introduction. I just need to like carry around with me in my pocket to introduce you to people that I don't know. Wouldn't that be funny if I just popped out and I know. <laughs> you minty shaped elf. Hi, Jessel. You're checking, you're you're um at a restaurant. You're like, I'm Jessel Tank and I pop out. Yeah. You're like, she was the first Indian housewife of Real Housewives of New York. Proverbs. I mean, it's hilarious. But yeah, yeah. by the way, you've always been that person for me. But you're the receipts, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I have the battery. Needed. You are. <laughs> so it's so great to have you here. I wanted to wait till the season was over so we could spill all the tea. Oh, God. <laughs> she waits until the end and then she pounces. <laughs> and then I pounce. Yeah. So let's just set the table. Who was Jessel Tank before The Real Housewives of New York? Wow. I mean, how far back do you want to go? Do we want to go Jessel in London or Jessel when she first moved to New York? Tell us a little bit of both. We want to reach, you know, folks who might not know the backstory. The backstory, which is obviously very important. And one, actually, that I wasn't given a fair, I I think, platform to share on the show. Um, Now you have one. No, girl. Thank you. (laughs) I grew up in London uh, in the suburbs. Um, My parents are of Indian descent, born in Africa, you know. Yes. Um, And uh, yeah, it was, you know. Growing up in London as an Indian girl was interesting. I think um, being um, a part of this very tight-knit community and my parents were, you know, very protective of us, um, as I think most people are. But I think Indians have this extra layer of just like protection that um, is is very apparent in our culture. But it was it was a really beautiful upbringing. You know, I had two parents that loved me very much and a family, extended family that were very, very... Um, caring and uh, gave us everything we needed. Um, but, you know, it's it's also this thing, and it's something that I talk or try to talk about on the show where um, it was very hard for my parents. They, they had an arranged marriage, so they were sort of thrown together as a unit. Um, so they're trying to figure that stuff out. And, you know, my, my brother and I are sort of like living through that. Um, so when I say it was not smooth sailing all the time. Um, And we did, you know, have a very simple but very comfortable life. Um, That's really like due to the fact that my parents had to work hard for everything they have. Um, So I was given these opportunities and it was, it was amazing. I, I, I'm so thankful and, and grateful for everything that I had in London, but I just always wanted more. There was this like innate like flame in me 
even as a child, like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I used to love Michael Jackson. Okay. And I, he was this child, like, you know, superstar. And I always used to watch him and be like, wow, like, he's so, I mean, he grew up so, like, so uh, underprivileged, you know, and he, like, made it. And I just always use that as, like, inspiration. Like, wow, like, I can probably do this. I just have to put my mind to it. So that was me growing up. I always wanted to be more. I wanted to like really give like myself in a way that was um, unique and different. And I always just had this like passion to to be bigger than what I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Um, I had, you know, a very, um, I had a very lucky opportunity when it comes to my family because they worked really hard too. My mom's brothers, they were like, these aspiring fashion photographers that ended up moving to New York and essentially gave me the opportunity to do the same. I love it. So I called up Uncle Max one day and I was like, hey, can I work with you? Uncle Max! <laughs> Shout out to my <laughs> Uncle Max. Um, and I was like, hey, can I work with you? And I had another uncle and I was like, hey, can I live with you? And I need help and I really want to do this. I didn't want to, not that I would be like the girl that was stuck in London, London suburbs. Like I knew I would always work my way through that. But I just knew New York for me was this like, almost this emerald city where things could happen and it's larger than life and it's bigger than big. Um, so I just like knew if I could get there somehow, I could pretty much do anything I put my mind to. That's a very common New York story. Right. You know, I remember being at college and from New York, but wanting to come back home and make it big and figure it out. So that absolutely resonates with me. But also it's so great to see the legacy, you know, an immigrant family, your uncles make it, you're inspired by them because they're photographers and that opened the door for you to have a pathway to come to New York. A thousand percent. That's pretty much how it worked for me as well. Right. And my mom's sisters were in fashion. Well, there you go. You and fashion, as you well very well know, it's such a sort of closed industry. Like you have to have you know, so much determination and perseverance um, to to make it. And I, I had graduated college. It's I went very to, hard to break in. Super yeah. hard to break in. Um, at that point, I had already graduated college. I did like journalism and English and I, I, I knew I wanted to do something creative. I loved fashion so much. Um, so I had already had this like very established education. And then to break into the fashion industry, you have to intern. Yeah. There's no other way. No other way. So that's what I did. I entered at Kala, where I met you. Right, right. And it was like, yeah, I was I was interning for a year. Remember, I was like, right. I was there for a while. So full disclosure, yeah. Jeff and I go way back. You know, way back. We met because <laughs> we were working together. And long before you, um, you know, I was more senior than you. And long before um, you came into existence, I knew your family, like your uncles, like this amazing photographer, so cool. The images are great. And, you know, these are the type of creatives that we look to and consider icons in the fashion industry. And then your aunt was the, is the chicest woman. <laughs> you know, I met her in Milan, uh, you know, um, working together and just so elegant. And her spirit is just so chic and calm and elegant. And that's and I was like, this is their niece. Yes. <laughs> I loved packing. you. I loved you instantly. And <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it was great, um, you know, getting to know you. And we just all grew up together in, in that way. And it's been such a, a, a pleasure to 
watch all of our journeys yeah. and and grow up and and see things differently. It's it's really that I mean, fifteen years almost, right? right? Like right. it's been it's that's like a teenager. Right. I it's <laughs> a, whole a, whole, a whole ass teenager. But it was one of those things where I remember walking into that office and I was so nervous because yes, I, you know, I come from London and yes, it's a cosmopolitan city, but I was very shy. I grew up, like I said, in in this like very sort of closed circle. Um, and even when I was in college, I was I was an extrovert, but I was an introverted extrovert, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Like I I, I, I am. <laughs> yeah. Like you always question yourself. When you're with your tribe, you're an extrovert. But no, I get I get it. You 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 walked into an office and it's just like, you know, the number one fashion brands in the world. And we're tra- you're with this team of people and we're traveling all over the world. And it can be intimidating in your you know, young and impressionable and you want to stay, yeah. you know, and do well and figure it out and how you perform is contingent upon um, that happening. And it's your dream. Yeah. And you finally made your foot, got your foot in the door. And, you know, those internships really come from who you know and whether it's, you know, a, a friend, a family, somebody you met in college or it's really hard. And so here you are with this opportunity. Definitely. And I think walking into that office and like seeing all you guys and everyone hustles. I mean, we were there from like, what, eight to like 11. Ever. It's like, fashion week. And we God. loved it. We, we loved it. And bre- breathed it. But those are, I mean, I think when you talk about relationships, like those are like you guys, are my family, yeah. you know, like we, we literally grew up together uh-huh. in the, in the industry and we were making waves and, you know, Carla was such an, and is such an icon and we were learning from the best. And it was, I just remember like sitting in that, that, remember the meeting room, like that long table? <laughs> yes. I was sitting there in, in there with her. And this was like, I had been interning for so long. And I was like, please, I was like begging her. I was like, please hire me, like sponsor me. Cause I was, I didn't have a visa, you know, That's I was like, the worst. please yeah. fucking sponsor me. And yeah. I will wag my ass up. I promise I won't let you down. And when she said, yes, I just remember like, it was just this cry? moment. <laughs> I couldn't cry in front of Carla, but I was like, I ran so- into her last week. She's a platinum blonde now. I was like, oh my goodness. forever fierce. But um, shout out to Carla. That is hilarious. <laughs> I shout out to my girl Carla. I mean, but it's just, it was one of those moments that was literally life changing, life defining. Um, and it really sort of put me on the same playing field as all of you guys, because I felt official in, in that moment. And you were. Yeah. <laughs> and things, you know, you kept, you know, rising and moving forward. And, you know, when you have those um, opportunities, you just, you're inside and you just move around from yeah. there and, exactly. you know, became the powerhouse that you <laughs> became professionally. And, um, you know, our paths continue to cross and that, that's been great. So here you are, um, you know, some years later and what did it mean for you to make the decision to embark upon this adventure at this juncture of your life? To be a part of Roni. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a tough one. Um, I think, you know, why? Well, you are reality TV is not a joke. I think, um, and especially what Real Housewives has in the past embodied, it has been a group of women that, you know, you're you're on like display for the entire world to to see who you are, what you're doing, who your family is, who your friends are. It's all out there. Yeah. And then comes the the criticism and the comments and the, 
you know, you're opening this, this almost like Pandora's box. Um, and, and you're giving people the right to, to, to say whatever they feel about you. That is not an easy decision. And, you know, it, it was even in that moment where <laughs> on Instagram, I was like, Oh, do I make, you know, this is like when I first joined Instagram, I was like, do I make my profile private or public? And I made it private because I was like, oh, this is a close friends and family like situation. And then I like went back and I was like, oh, let me make it public after a couple of years. And that decision was the same, that, that sort of like mind frame was the same thought process that I went through when I decided whether or not I was going to do Roni. It was like, do I make my life public? Right. And it is one of the biggest decisions I've ever made in my life. I can imagine. So, um, you know, for them to meet my husband, for them to see your kids, for them to be in your home and like commenting on like, oh, well, how does she hold her fork and knife? Or, oh, like this is how she dresses, you know, oh, she doesn't wear makeup like in the home, like, no, honey, I don't. But like having all those things on national TV is like wild. Yeah. Crazy. And I feel it because I'm your friend. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you know, hearing I've followed up on, you know, some of the, um, you know, folks that get into it, they were like commentary and I'm like, Whoa. yeah, you're talking about Chastel. <laughs> but it's not just yeah. like, oh, cute skirt. Oh, cute dress. Oh, I like this look on you. It, it can is, be visceral. It is like microscopic. Right, right. Like, damn, she moved to New York in 2006 and then she moved to so-and-so in 2014 and they got married and they're going to get like people put together a timeline. They're vested. Yeah. Vested. Yeah. Which is what you signed up for. Completely. But I think it, you know, it's inspiring and obviously entertaining. And um, that's why the franchise exists. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just to go back to your original question, I, I digress, but like, why did I want to do it fundamentally? Why I wanted to do it was because I would be the first Indian on the franchise. And wow. Indians are, I think, largely a, a very underrepresented culture. Um, and so, you know, in, if you look in the media right now, you could probably list like 10 off the top of your like mind, you know, like it's the usual suspects who those people are. And I just wanted to be, you know, I wanted to open the doors to what, who we are as a culture and who, you know, what we bring to the table. I think it's just not very mainstream. I love that so much because I have always, um, you know, New York is such a melting pot. Yeah. Um, especially working in the fashion industry, we travel to all these cities and, you know, we, um, basically caravan with this melting pot of people from all over the world. Yet in America, which there's such a melting pot, there's so many cultures that for so many years, were never represented on these magazine covers. And, you know, I have friends from all walks of life and I think about their children and what those little girls would see. And it's it's so important um, that we have the representation because it's completely overlooked. Completely. I, I, it's it's really wild, um, it's you wild. know, in, in theory, but it's something that has, you know, weighed heavily on me for, you know, my entire career. Of course. And just to put that into perspective... The, the the New York franchise, which you know you're 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 showcasing a city that is like you said one of the biggest Extreme melting pot melting pot in like, the world. You can walk down the street, you don't see one like culture tw like it is different people. Yeah. Um, but for thirteen years, sorry, twelve years, the show 
had six white women as this um, identifier of a franchise. Of New York City. Of New York City. Representation of Upper New York East Side, six white women. Um, season 13, they brought in Ebony, the first black woman to be on the show. Yeah. What is that? Right. And that didn't last long, unfortunately right. for her. But then, you know, this reboot was really like, okay, let's get in Latinas. Let's get in Muslim, like a black Muslim. Let's get in an Indian. Let's get in an LGBT. Like it was such a refreshing, um, I think, almost dynamic. dynamic. Yeah. Right. And while everyone has their friend groups, it is more representative of, you know, the life that you live, yeah. especially, you know, in New York City. So definitely. So that's great. As we've watched from the Housewives franchise, you know, this experience can very heavily weigh on a marriage and a partnership. How has the show affected you and Pavit? You know, it's funny you ask that. So when I was um, going through the motions with my attorney, when I, we got the agreement and we were offered the role and whatever to be on the show, um, my attorney said to me, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, why? And he was like, a hundred percent, he represents lots of, lots of housewives, a hundred percent of every single housewife I have taken on board as my client has gotten divorced. And he was like, that is a stat from me. And he's done, I think he represents like seven, eight, nine, maybe even 10 of them. Yeah. So it was a little bit like, that was one of the first things, you know, red flags. I was like, shit, you know, like a reality check. Do, yeah. Do I really want to do this? Um, because it can weigh heavily on a marriage and, I think, um, you know, uh, because you have, you know, your issues with your spouse, wherever they may be, however small or large they are, you also have this entire universe of Bravo, you know, audience also weighing in on your marriage. And it's what happened to me, episode one. Jeez. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're not playing around here. But it was the most innocent thing. I was cleaning a table. I was bossing my husband around, as you do. We've been married almost 10 years. Like, I don't sit on his lap and make out with him and like stroke his hair. Like we're like, hey, like it's like a a list of shit that we got to get through in the day because we're running a marriage is like a business. Right. It's like, you know, you're CEO, I'm COO and we are making things happen. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the way he talked to my husband is like, you don't wipe the table. Like why? Like it's, it's just bossy. Right. Right. And so people saw that and they did not like it. And that's what works for you guys. Right. And so everyone's going to weigh in and have their opinion. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not like that all the time. I mean, I think we're in private. We're like, you know, husband and wife, like lovey-dovey. We go on date nights. But when we're in like work mode, like marriage work mode, it is like X, Y, Z. You got to get shit done. Right. And listen, they're going to capture those bits and pieces for good entertainment. Oh. A thousand yeah. percent. So yeah. people were like, oh, she's so mean to her husband. Da, da, da. But I got to tell you, as the season goes on, you see actually what our relationship is. It, you felt it was a better reflection. Definitely. Okay. Because I think that you see our dynamic. We were best friends first for years. Um, we have a no, no frills relationship. Right. Like it's really not like, you know, I don't ever need to look at my husband's phone. He never needs to look at my phone. And go, I mean, if he did, like he'd go through my text, but whatever. It's like we we have a he knows all the passwords to everything, right. vice versa. Like we have a very trusting relationship. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And we want to keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All you all you girls in his DMs and the ICU. <laughs> Stay out. Is that happening? Oh yeah. 
What? Oh, for sure. <laughs> People are ruthless. This is crazy. Well, you know, you're on Front Street. Yeah. So what was the process for you to get on the show? How did it happen? Um, well, it's funny because it happened. Um, <laughs> I, I laugh because we both know her. Savannah Engel, one word. Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> Savannah and I were in some parts. And this is like May of uh, 2021. Uh-huh. I went to some bar celebrating a good friend's birthday. And she was talking about how Bravo NBC are revamping the Real Housewives. It's just like, you know, y'all, I'm talking to them. Um, she's, and I, so, she's got the sweetest Southern accent. This is so a Mississippi that, Delta. Really, yes. But she was almost, she was talking to them seriously about being on the show. And she, you know, was like, Jessel, you should do it. And I was like, LOL, that's hilarious. Never. Let, right. In my wildest dreams will I do it. Um, but lo and behold, um, she actually gave a list of people that she is friends with, two producers, and they reached out to me. And uh, we, you know, it was funny because it was one of those moments where you're like fucking around, you know, you're right. like, this is like, oh, Ella, this is so fun. Like, it's fun to like talk about yourself and potentially explore something. But as this process started to go on and I kept like meeting the next person and meeting the next person and... I was like, oh, crap, they like me. (laughs) This might actually be like a thing. Right. Um, So, yeah, it was it was very, very interesting because they were explaining to me what they had in mind. And I sort of started envisioning, okay, like, how can I make an impact? Um, And we were sort of like, you know, seeing eye to eye on things. And it was a really interesting opportunity. Amazing. Amazing. So what are some things that you appreciated the most about the experience? Um, Self-awareness. What do you mean by that? Um, I think that we all go through our day and we do what we do. And sometimes we're just not self-aware of Mm -hmm. how we are, how we come across our tone, you know, even what we wear. (laughs) Like, oh my God, what was I wearing in that scene? When you watch yourself being filmed over the course of four months and then you see that play out on national television, you are so much self-aware of you. Right. So you see yourself. And I'm very privileged to go through this experience because you see yourself, you see how others perceive you, and you're like, it's a mirror, literally a mirror. Um, And I think that that to me has been the number one most powerful thing that I can take away from it is looking and reflecting and being like, wow, I can do this better. I should be, you know, I should like deal with things better in this way. It gives you and brings you a a sense of self-awareness that you can never get without that experience. Well, that speaks to your nature, you know, that you would be um, take the opportunity to be introspective and and make personal improvements, whatever those things may be. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And what did you hate? Oh, what did you hate? Oh my God. Um, You know, it's an interesting question. I think it's uh, something that I think about a lot. I, I really think that for me, what was tough was the things that you don't see. So there is this whole world that is shown and edited for the purpose of television. Um, and, you know, when you're watching the the episodes, you're like, wait, that didn't happen that way. Or okay. I didn't say it like that. Or the context is manipulated. And so that's one of the things that I could not um, really stomach. And also as a publicist, as publicist, we control the narrative. Right. We are the ones writing the story. 
for brands, for us, for whoever it may be. Shaping and shifting the wind. Oh, yes. <laughs> we are the shapeshifters of the industry. And to not have that control in the palm of your hand uh, was really like, wow. Yeah, that's I can tough. imagine for you, you know, building yeah. your brand and, and structuring brands yeah. in, in the way that you do. That was probably a tough pill to swallow. And I still went back and I tried to control the narrative. I, I'm calling NBC <laughs> and I'm like, you know, he's going to go down like that, guys. And they're like, you know what? Just let it be. Like, just stop trying to control things. Right. You have to let it go. Yeah. It's going to be what it would, what it will yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the reunion happened. You got to the end of this thing. Yes. Um, and it was a fun season. It was so great seeing you and I, you know, friends with some of the ladies on the show. I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. But what are some things that the viewers and fans might be surprised to know about filming the, um, you know, the Housewives reunion? The reunion in, in particular? Yeah. Um, I think... Or filming in general. Filming in general. Yeah, I think... Um, I think you kind of mentioned it just now. So, yeah, Yeah, it really yeah, is like... As you wish. It's the things that you don't see. And I also think that, you know, we are a group of friends that are, come from such diverse and, and different backgrounds. And that yeah. was really... And it was always like a sociology like project, right? Like you put so many, you put women from different backgrounds, different social, economic like upbringings and 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 experiences, and that becomes this whirlwind of just like it was like a volcano in a right. way. Um, you know, we we had so many great things that happened um, throughout the course of filming, but there were also so many tough, um, you know scenarios that that went down and i think it's interesting how opinions can somehow um you know you're sort of going through this blindfolded in a way because you don't know what the end piece is going to be right i think it took a lot of us for like a a loop a loop big time and as this was airing you know we have a group text and we were just all like oh my god like why did you say that about me? Or like, how could you do oh, that? Really? Or yeah, <laughs> it's like imagine. And you're trying to maintain a friendship through all of this. A hundred friendships. We're trying, and we're. I think we've done a really good job of communicating. Um, but what happens behind the scenes? And so there's, there's a there's a you're watching the show, and like literally in the chat, everyone's like, "Why did you say this about me?" Because they okay. It was it was it was, and we had to because. You can't just pull the, a blindfold over your, or, or like put a cotton butt. Like you can't do that because you are forced to exist and coexist. Like as friends, if I heard you said something about me, I'd be like, F you, Mindy. Like, why would you do that? And then I have the opportunity to not be your friend anymore. Boom. Do you know what I mean? Because I'd just be like, sayonara. Never yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, bitch. But it's like, you got to sit in the thing. You got to sit. You got to exist. You got to churn. You got to like coexist. And you got to communicate and get and find a way out of it. Right. And so that for us was such a tough experience. And we all did come. We came out of it. I think. I hope. Um, you know, unhinged. <laughs> but, right. But going through that process was so tough. But it's also a life lesson. Yeah. You know, um, I hear you. I think most people, it's just like when you're when you're grown, it's just like, listen, I don't have time yeah. for the drama. You don't get it. I don't get you. Peace. Yeah. 
you know? We don't have to coexist. Right, right. And that's cool. And we'll be cordial and lovely and, you know, it's like, how are you doing? Hope you're well. Like, (laughs) (laughs) And that's what it is. But like here, it's like you really, you don't have a choice. Right. Yeah. What was one of your favorite episodes? That's probably a hard question to ask. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. I think it would have to be like Aaron's. Um, anniversary party. Oh, nice. there are so many things that went yeah. down, <laughs> and it was so fun just like being there and and all these people. And I think that was one of the most like I, I, funny to me episodes because Sai's like hungry. You know, Sai's always hungry. Sai's <laughs> like starving. Bryn's like trying to like create you know her moment there and like flirting with Abe and doing the things and someone's hair caught on fire and oh we god. were just like oh my god this <laughs> poor girl's like head is literally on fire and then it was just like so many you know it's like going to a wedding and right. it's like so much fun right you meet all these new people but then you're being filmed part of it was like what the hell are these like little itty bitty sliders like he was just so funny it's so yeah. oh you dressed up it was glamorous it was yeah. fun it was like that was one of my favorites um and then i think um there were so many things that we didn't see so in anguilla we did this improv. It was this episode. I wish it was shown, but we we went to dinner and then we did this like improv by the the by a bonfire on the beach, and that was one of the best. Oh my god, it was so much fun. I was down the lion's assistant. It was hilarious. <laughs> a dream. A dream. I know. Well, or not. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. No, but these are magical moments and memories that you guys have. What was your life. favorite episode? Oh my goodness. I mean, I. What was my favorite episode? I I actually loved the Hamptons. <laughs> Moment when you guys went to the Hamptons. That was my least favorite. I'm sure of it, but it was just, <laughs> you know, seeing everyone just pack out there for the weekend yeah. and the moments and seeing you guys mesh together. And, you know, such a huge fan of Jenna Lyons, fangirling and yeah. seeing her open up in that way. Um, you know, seeing that progression was really, was really fun for me. Yeah. yeah. And then the anytime you're at a party dressing up and Gila was fun, so many moments were great. Yeah. You know, but um, I, I love that, that weekend. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're the only one I think in this room that did. <laughs> so as a friend watching this season, you went from the villain of the show, cringe, cringe, uh, to being celebrated. Let's talk about that. I mean, how can the nice little Indian girl ever... Well, I was wondering, I was like, first of all, the last person I thought, because listen, you were villain for a minute. The last person I thought was not Jessel. She's like literally one of the sweetest persons on earth, literally that I know, period. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is going to be interesting. It was I was like, how, Jessel? I know. I was was so confused. And, you know, I did did an interview with Variety at the top of the season. And the headline comes out, and she did call me the villain, too. Oh, my God. It was in Variety. I was like, wait a second. I saw the story. I forgot the headline. (laughs) It was Jessel as the villain. Um, It was really, really hilarious because... I just, I never thought that I would be pegged right. as that. Right. Um, my arc was interesting. And I think they started out, you know, kind of, um, it started out shocking in a way. And then you sort of see my, my, my progress. And they, 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 I think the producers knew that there would be a redemption somewhere along the line. <laughs> so they felt comfortable painting me as that person, right, right. you know, the Grinch. Um, and, and, and I sort of, it was, it was a good, 
It was like a really nice rainbow, I guess, right. with well, a pot of gold. Is, in the end. Right. It's nice. It was nicely done. <laughs> Bear, I mean, genius is the word. Yes. Yes. They knew what they were doing. Right. Um, and I clocked on after the Hamptons, in fact, because I was being like fun me. You know, I got comfortable really quickly. And note to self, never again, because mm-hmm. you just um you just you lend yourself to this machine that is production and gave them the I gave them the opportunity to paint me in this picture in this light. And uh, yeah, just... I get that you went in as a truly open book. Yeah. I could literally (laughs) see the shock on your face in certain moments. You were like, what is happening? Yeah. But that's because that's who you naturally are. Yeah. And so, yeah, you you know, got to be careful and guarded in some regard. I was... You know, everything's an experience, a learning experience. I was very naive. And I also... um, There are Real Housewives historians. There are people that have watched every franchise, every season, every every episode... I'm not one of those people. Right. So, and I also was like, I'm reinventing the wheel. This is different. You know, it's not different. Right. It's the same shit. Like it, right. it is the same, like puppets pulling at the strings, um, mm-hmm. essentially. So in the nicest way possible, you right. know, but it was, it was, yeah, they're not your friends. They're, right. they're producing a show. You are a, you know, your talent, talent. <laughs> yeah. It makes for good TV and they know yeah. how to keep the, wheels turning and yeah. the business moving. Well, I kept everyone on their toes, that's right. I'm sure. <laughs> so people are going to have an opinion about everything. We already established that. But how did you feel about the negative feedback? Like, you know, a lot of uh, folks in the limelight uh, deal with, you know, the social media commentary and we hear that that gets to them. I, I'm sure you handled it, you know, I assume... That you just took it with a grain of salt and kept it moving, but did you? No. No? I, I No, I didn't. I, I really struggled. Like the first, I think, month of this thing sort of, you know, like it was very volatile in the beginning. And I just had never been hit with such a tsunami of like negativity from mm. from so many people. I was like, imagine it's, you know, it, it's not just one person or two right. people it was hundreds of thousands of people that were like, she's my least favorite. She is this, she's that, she's, you know. But I think my learning from that is, it is very interesting how people see a, a woman that is opinionated, that runs a household, that is an entrepreneur, that, you know, runs her children's like, you know, every day. It social life. Social life. <laughs> and my own they're, social life. They're, they're in control. <laughs> it's really interesting because I, when I look in retrospect, I was opinionated. I was all those things in the beginning. And that's that was my introduction on the show. And people didn't like it. Why? Why can you not be a strong ass woman? Why can you not tell your husband what to do? Why can you not be this professional like titan? Why... Why is that personality not celebrated? And why are people coming at me in a negative space because of that? So it really brought to light kind of the problem. Right. And it's not me. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, I could be rude and abrasive and da 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 but I don't think I was necessarily mean. I was just very, very sure of what I wanted in those moments. Um, and I think that was... Um, not uh, respected. 
Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're the same way. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm direct, sh- but you're also, you know, raised by individuals who love you, um, that prepared you to be strong and powerful and gentle and kind and loving. And I know you, you're all of these things at once. And so I, I just think people just have a hard time seeing that, right. digesting it and thinking that, you know, there's... You know, the mantra now, it's a problem with being strong. I love being strong. Right. You know, and listen, I rest too. I hit a beach. But um, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with being direct and being strong. And you have a partner that respects that. Definitely. You know, and it's working for you. So it's called period. It's called matriarch. Right. And it is something that we don't hear often. And it is um, something that isn't celebrated often. And I think as women of color, it definitely is not celebrated often. And so um, that was kind of a very, very enlightening for me. So as I'm going through this like shit storm of like just negative feedback, I took a step back and I was like, wait, 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 like figure out like what this is actually. Right. And figure out who you are and why this is not like why resonating. this is not resonating. Right. And that was what I came out with. I love that you realized that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, you have the spotlight on you 24-7 when you're filming. What is that like? How do you cope? Oh, my God. Do you sleep with makeup on? (laughs) I'm like this. I mean, the people want to know. (laughs) Um, I went into this experience and I was like, I have to be real. It's reality TV. Um, You've got to show the good, the bad, the highs, the lows. You know, I um, and that's hopefully what I tried to do. But. I saw the scene without makeup on. And I was like, oh shit. Like I'm never filming without glam right. ever again. Cause like God help you. The TV <laughs> is not your friend. Um, it was very stressful. I think in everyday life, we put so much pressure already on ourselves, mm-hmm. what we wear, what we dress, you know, how we like present ourselves. Um, and then having cameras on you, there's this whole other layer of just stuff and pressure. Um, it really was not easy. Um, and I think you sort of, again, go back to self-awareness. You're so self-aware of how you talk, what you're doing, how you're, you know, what you're cooking for your kids. I mean, everything yeah. is just heightened. I, I love say. that you were able to bring your mom in a little bit. Oh, I love my mom. <laughs> I know. She was like, I don't want to be on camera. And I was like, mother. Sounds about right. Yeah. She was like, what do I have to do? I was like, well, literally this. Like, it's just Just be home. <laughs> They're in Thailand right now. Are they? And she was in Phuket on Patong Beach. Somebody noticed her? She was in a store and someone was like, Chessel's mom. Oh, I love She called me yesterday. It was 11 p.m. my time. She called me from Thailand. She was like, someone recognized me and they live in New York and they want to take me out for dinner when oh, I'm my back. Oh, goodness. I was like, well, you're so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I so love funny. it. <laughs> so you procured so many great media opportunities like the Rolling Stone, Vogue, India, Variety, as you mentioned, just to name a few. Being in front of the spotlight instead of behind the scenes, which is what you normally would do professionally, is something new for you. Like now you're in the forefront. Yeah, it took a while. Um, what I will say is I have been my own publicist. Because um, I was like, how do you, <laughs> you your desire to control the situation because you know what's best. Yeah. But you've been your own publicist. Yeah. I mean, with the help of obviously like, you know, a few key figures um, in the industry. Your relationships. My relationships. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Right. Because I've been doing this my whole life for brands and for people. And when it came to me, I was like, okay, 
what do I build my strategy? I, I had a chat. I love this. I did. Okay, tell me. Because I was like, what, how do I want to be introduced um, to the world? And I was like, Bogendia. That's the only publication I'm speaking to. So call up my friends at Bogendia. And I'm like, I want you to do the exclusive. Nice. And with Rolling Stone, that was really funny because that was a complete fluke. Um, the writer, hey, Lewis, he, uh, he and I are close friends now, but he spread a rumor about me on Twitter it was that I went to one of the most elite schools in England and that I was lying about how I grew up. Oh, my God. So I see it on Twitter and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? I find him on Instagram. I DM him. and I'm like, hey, in my publicist, like, you know, voice, I'm like, you have to take this down. By the way, this is the school I went to. Do your research before you start, like, you know, putting things on the in- internet. And he messaged me back. He was like, I'm so sorry. How can I make it up to, to you? And I was like, get me a Rolling Stone feature. And then, and that he did. How many pages was it? It was a lot. I mean, it was pretty hefty. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was just you have to. Who knows you better Seize than the you. moment, yeah, right? And right. that too. Well, you know best. <laughs> you know best. Great job, though. Thank you. Who do you adore most on the show uh, from your <laughs> and why? I think the people that I connect with is very obvious because, um, you know, you sort of don't see the conflict because uh, I was not. Uh, but Uba's my girl. I know Uba's your girl too. I love a Uba. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, she is. I so... couldn't wait to see her on the show because I know she would be a hoot and she was. <laughs> she is hoot, capital H. Like her, her just who she is in real life and who she is on the show is the same, same thing. Yeah. Um, she is just, she lives life to the fullest and she also just is the, one of the most simplest human beings in that things that make her happy are food and music <laughs> and dancing right? and just, you know, fashion. And she loves to, she just sees the, so full of the positive and, 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 the, and the best and everything. Super bright. Um, so Uber and I got along really well. I think me and Brynn, obviously we were just, we had the same sense of humor um, and she is someone that I hugely respect yeah. on the show too. That's cute. Yeah. That's cute. And who's your least favorite? Oh, I don't think anyone is my least favorite, but I think the people that like I, I struggled with, uh, you know, and, and that obviously is obvious, um, from watching the show, but I think Aaron and I didn't see eye to eye for a lot of it. That's different now. I think we understand each other more. And same goes with Sai. I think Sai and I, Sai is someone that I actually was like, we're going to be best friends because we were both in the industry. I just think that we had a little bit of friction that for me wasn't necessarily warranted. Um, And I think a lot of the show sort of like dynamic in the production of the show sort of got in the way of our friendship. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, you know, everyone's good. We're, We're on equal playing fields now. And I think we're good. That's so lovely to hear. I had to ask. Now I know you like digging. <laughs> so you're a power boss. What's next for you? I know that you're working on this new e-commerce platform. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, being Indian has um, has just been like one of the biggest things about who I am, my identity. Yes. And I channel being Indian through fashion, largely. I channel a lot of things through fashion, but I think the the biggest thing I challenge, channel is my 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 Indianness through the fashion lens. And okay. so I have struggled because there are no Indian designers. There's no presence of India through fashion here in the US. Um, to some degree, there is in the UK, but it's very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took it upon myself to do a small thing in that I'm bringing India and Indian fashion to the US. I'm so excited. 
Um, it is going to be sort of like the modus operandi of of this beautiful, like cu- rich cultural movement that I is fashion it. in India. Um, and you know, it's an exciting moment. I think we're in an axis. So you see Dior show in you know Mumbai, yeah. and you see the Ambani's doing these like extravagant events and opening shopping malls, and you know. A lot of brands from the US and Europe are going to India. It is supposed to be the number two economy by 2025. So we're, we're taking over China. I think it's US, India, and then China. Nice. Um, and so with that being said, like we need to have more presence. Mm-hmm. And it's what I'm doing myself through being on the show, yes. but also just like really giving opportunities to these small smaller designers that don't have the visibility into the U.S. market and really helping them. And there's a demand for it. There's definitely demand for it. Huge. Well, we're excited to see that. Thank you. So what else should we talk about? Well, you tell me. I mean, um, it's, you know, it's, I think I, I want to, I'm launching this. I want to also like figure out my personal situation because I think one of the storylines on the show was that I want to have another baby. Uh-huh. And um, I think, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been tough. Right. So I, I want to focus on that next year, I think. Well, life is lifing, you know, and there's, you've lifing. got lots of paths and opportunities to explore. And, you know, now's the time to sit down and figure it out. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, um, you know, time is ticking. As women, it's unfortunate that we don't have, you know, this like everlasting youth. Right. I mean, yeah, we could, but that's all like, plastic surgery and Botox. <laughs> so we won't. But right. um, but yeah, I, I think the time is taken out. I do want to explore that and what that looks like. Okay. So we'll see. So when does the e-commerce platform launch? In two weeks. In two weeks. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Coming soon. Okay. You have to come to my launch dinner. Um, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. Um, but it's, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be, it's going to be work. It's not easy. Right. I have some amazing people behind me. Um, and I just, um, I'm starting slow and steady, but you know, we'll, we'll see, hopefully see me building this. Um, and I want to show like, how does a female entrepreneur build something like this and how do we do it and what does that entail? Well, we're going to be excited to be able to see that up yeah. close and personal. I think so. I think it'll be very educational. Yeah. Well, I'm so proud of you, Jessel. It's been so fun sitting here and talking to you. Same. We couldn't wait to have this moment and the time was perfect. Oh, thank I you. I love and adore you. Love Congratulations you on everything thank and you. looking forward to seeing your star continue to rise. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Same goes for you. Adore uh, you guys. Yeah. So everyone, that's it for today's episode of What's Next Podcast with you, Mindy Francis. We were here with the phenomenal Jessel Tank. So Jessel, tell our followers how they can find you and follow you. Oh, well, there's a little thing called Instagram. Um, <laughs> uh, I am at Jessel Tank, my full name. Um, and I am launching Ushk. So it's at Ushk. Um, it's O-U-S-H-Q. I love a good plug. Um, and that's really it. I, I don't think I, I, oh, I'm on TikTok too, I think. Okay. But I don't really do TikTok. Right. So we'll be looking out for the new platform yeah. and go follow my girl Jessel. Thank you. Ciao. <laughs> Bye.